This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is Matt Kanata. I am joined by Joshua Houts and Aaron Sutton. We are here together for the group edition of Finsider Radio, Finsider Daily, coming to you throughout the rest of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. I I dropped my episode on Monday. We had Sutton drop his episode on Tuesday. Houts dropping his episode on Wednesday morning group episode today. And then one of us will be dropping it again on Friday as we lead up to the game against the New England Patriots at Hard Rock Stadium. Dolphins obviously coming off a disastrous loss to the Baltimore Ravens. I know we all touched on it on our shows this week. So we're not going to touch on that too much. It's time to flip the page and move on and see how the Dolphins can at least be competitive. The spread right now in this game is an astronomical 19 points the Patriots are favored by. That's insane. One of the largest point spreads in NFL history dating back to the past several years or the decade or 20 years or 30 years or whatever was when the Broncos played the Jaguars. When the Broncos were, uh, I don't know their exact record off the top of my head, but they were good. I think this was back in 2013, the 4-5 and five Jaguars. The Broncos were favored by, I believe, 26 and a half. And they did not cover the spread. They won the game, but it was more like a 15-16 point game. Now the Patriots got that 19 point spread over Miami. Miami is 5-1, I believe, against the Patriots in their last six meetings at Hard Rock Stadium. We all know the troubles the Patriots experienced down in Miami. But to throw a twist into it, number one, Antonio Brown, as of right now, scheduled to play for the Patriots on Sunday allegations of rape and sexual assault are being levied against him. They're still trying to sort all that out with the NFL, with the Patriots, with the, with the lawsuit, with the court, and so forth. And we're going to see how that uh, situation ends up over the next few days. And that throws a wrench into it. The other wrench is an obvious one with the Miami Dolphins. They just have no talent on this team. Their talent is absolutely dreadful. 
was done purposely to attain the uh, goal and to get that number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft. And by all accounts and purposes, it looks like they are well on their way to doing so. Now, the problem with the way they lost is now the locker room is getting a little upset. And it's not just the uh, entire locker room like some of the media members are making it out to be. It's probably a few players. I know I touched on this on my show on Monday, and we might touch on this further as we go along tonight. But let's not overstate it. It's not a mutiny in Miami. Forget about it. Don't overblow it. But the fact does remain that underlayer there, and we'll talk about this tonight, Josh and Aaron and Houtson Sutton, like your four different people or whatever the heck you guys are. Um, (laughs) The other layer to this is that Brian Flores and Chris Greer, are they the right people for this job? And we're going to – I think that's going to be a major storyline as this season goes along. And if the Dolphins keep, keep losing like the way they lost against the Baltimore Ravens at the end of the day, how's in Sutton, it can't possibly get any worse. Can it? I don't think so. I want to give a quick shout out to Will nuts, the new Orleans saints for hitting that 58 yarder, giving the Texans a loss and making that, first rounder that we're getting from the Texans that much more lucrative. So if we're going to start what his name is, Will Lutz. Oh, I thought it was Will nuts. My bad. No, no, it's Will Lutz. Okay. Will Lutz. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Continue on. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thankful okay. you hit that great, goal. Great, great insight, buddy. Uh, we were talking about the Dolphins yeah. there, and you went and talked about the Houston, Texas. <laughs> but, okay, how, how about you? Can't get any worse, can it? <laughs> how do I follow that up? I, I, think absolutely, <laughs> I, I think it can absolutely get worse. I'm flying into town, so I always bring bad luck. And, and, you know, he, said it could, he said it could get worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely could. They're going against New England, like you said, three-point oh, dogs. Man. I think it's going to get ugly. I don't know how the Dolphins can be competitive. We do know they're going to be wearing their throwback jersey, so at least they're going to look nice. <laughs> Dolphins have won five, five. The Dolphins have won five at six at home against New England. So I don't know, man. <laughs> I can't believe you said it could get worse. There was no way I thought that you would say you would say it could get worse. I don't think it could get worse. I honestly don't. That was pretty bad. It was like. You know when you're playing Madden and you're on rookie mode and no one can stop you. Just You know every drive you have, you're going to just pass it down the field and get a touchdown. And we could just run four verts uh, on, uh, from the shotgun and just throw it deep down the field and you know your guy is going to burn the secondary every time. Like literally yeah. that was it. Whenever the Ravens had the ball on Sunday, I had no confidence in his defense and even stopping them at all. Like every time they touched the ball was cringeworthy. You were just hoping that they would put up a competitive fight in the drive and force the Ravens to earn it instead of, you know, running for 50 yards and throwing then a 50 yard bomb down the field for a touchdown. It was just pathetic, but I don't know. I, I swear they, I swear they're going to give up a hundred points just to commemorate the hundredth season <laughs> of the NFL. Yeah, New England just beat the heck out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I, I think it could definitely get worse, especially, you know, you mentioned it. There's there's definitely not a mutiny down there, but you can't tell me some of these veterans are Rashad Jones, some of these guys coming back to the Dolphins. This is the best their p- product they're putting out there. Yeah. It's it's troublesome, and I think, uh, you know, 59-10, to 10, Lamar Jackson looked like a world beater. Why can't Tom Brady do that, especially if a guy like Antonio Brown's playing, aside of a Josh Gordon, aside of the rest of their weapons. So the Dolphins got to sure things up quick because – this game could definitely be worse. Here's the problem. 
the Dolphins specifically game planned to shut down the run. And you can see the flaw and the irony in this is because the first play of the game was a 50-yard run by Mark Ingram on a simple, you know, handoff to the right over the guard, and then it just burst open into the seams. But when you look at, you know, the game plan, they did not believe Lamar Jackson beat them with his arm, and they almost admitted as such. And then, you know, I feel like the coaches were not afraid but embarrassed to admit that they didn't think Lamar Jackson beat them with his arm, and then he absolutely did. But then again, after that first touchdown, or even first two touchdowns, where are the adjustments? Where are the adjustments being made? And that's what kind of gets me about this, because we thought Brian Flores was a great in-game adjuster. You see all these Patriots coaches, and I know the stigma is that these Patriots coaches come from New England, and they don't be successful. They aren't successful without Bill Belichick. But it felt different with Brian Flores because of the experience he had as a defensive coach, as a defensive coordinator de facto in New England, as an offensive coaching assistant, as a scouting department guy who was a scout and who scouted players and had all this background and a guy who had worked on special teams. And then he's bringing in smart guys like Chad O'Shea, who was with the wide receivers in New England with a very – not uh, – not a very deep pool of talent there in New England, but still made the absolute best of it with guys that were just coming in almost off the street, it seemed at times, for the wide receiver group in New England. And then you're bringing a guy like Josh Boyer, who was running the secondary uh, in New England and is doing the same in Miami. And a guy like Patrick Graham from Green Bay, who's worked under good coaches. And you just think that these guys would understand that, yes, you need to adjust. It's like, I don't get why they weren't adjusting throughout the game when they knew Lamar Jackson had the ability to throw it deep, when they weren't giving help to the safeties or the cornerbacks with the deep safety. It was just frustrating to see because you would think that they're smart enough that these coaches should be smart enough i mean bill belichick can't do it on his own right he has to have good assistance around him he does have good assistance around him it's like when they leave there they get brain dead or something or these coaches just make stupid decisions rashad jones wasn't on the field for seven of eight touchdowns against the ravens why are you rotating your players out of the game mika fitzpatrick out of the game at times. Bobby McCain, out of the game at times. Leave your best damn players on the field. Let them go mono on mono with the other team and let the best man win. All this rotating crap is stupid. Woo! I felt it. I felt it over here in Ohio. Man, I okay. went on a rant there. That yeah, was, I, I, th- I think yeah, the very, defense... Very well done. Very well done. Yes. Thank the you. Defense was disappointing. I think it was embarrassing thing about the Sunday loss and okay the Dolphins fans aren't delusional for thinking that this defense would have been more improved because if you look at that Vegas line going into that game the over under was like 38 39 and Baltimore covered that by themselves in the first half so (laughs) Vegas thought that we were gonna have a better defense too you would think so because the secondary wasn't changed from last year and you have a head coach whose specialty is defense. Yeah, so you certainly expected a better Y'all getting me mad here tonight. I I think that's where I look for this this game at Hard Rock Stadium against the Patriots. That's what I'm going to be looking for, is how does this defense bounce back from what we saw on Sunday? Uh, I would expect... 
Brian Flores with his familiarity with what the Patriots like to do. I want to see him be able to scheme this team. Okay, Tom Brady is not going to throw the ball down the field very far. Okay, so how do we attack this defense and not just bend and continue to bend and then eventually break? My biggest thing is, isn't this kind of what we all wanted? The Dolphins traded away Laramie Tunsil. You knew this year was going to be a tank. You went into the season, you know, you thought they'd be competitive. They didn't look, they wouldn't look this bad. The Dolphins are, you know, they look like easily the worst team in the league. Is that not kind of a success to what the Dolphins were trying to hope for? You know, getting that first pick, you'd like to see them be more competitive. But for the first time in how many years, the Dolphins went out there and did what they were supposed to do. They went out there and got handled <laughs> easily at home. <laughs> Biggest loss in, 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 in Hard Rock Stadium, you know, in the history of the Dolphins there in Florida. The biggest home loss, 59-10. to 10. I mean, they did not have an answer. And you can't tell me, like you said, uh, last year in the Super Bowl, it looked like a completely different guy. He made adjustments throughout the game and just countered what Sean McVay was doing. You saw none of that in this game. You don't even have Rashad Jones out there playing deep in the secondary, which was the biggest issue, and even the players alluded to that. So I don't know if it's a thing that they can't, you know, game plan for this New England team. I just don't know if maybe it's something they don't want to do because, you know, they are trying to tank, and maybe this is how far they've gone. Maybe this is the true tank, and, and this is this is the plan for the 2019 Dolphins. Maybe that's the thing. But okay, so I get that. Son, go ahead, because I'm going to go off on another uh, rant. I was I was just gonna I was gonna throw this out there. So Jeez. let's would you guys would you guys be willing to have some more talent on the team and see a slightly more competitive product product, but have like the fifth or sixth pick compared to what we're seeing now and pretty much trying to guarantee the number one pick. I, I want Josh Rosen in there. I think Josh Rosen should be the guy in there. I think there's no reason why you, we see Ryan Fitzpatrick making mistake after mistake. You know, he threw that pass up there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what he was doing. He threw a, a very bad pick into coverage. You know, he, he's just made these boneheaded mistakes that you just don't think you're going to see from a 15-year vet. I don't see why you can not at least give Josh Rosen the opportunity to go out there and see what he can do this year because if you get an evaluation on him, like you're saying, if you get that fifth or sixth pick, Josh Rosen wins you five games. I mean, now you're building around him. You're getting two very high draft picks most likely to build talent around him, and then you can even target 2021's class. I mean, it, I think Tua is the prize of this class. I think if they're going to tank and that's the guy that they covet, they have to be the worst team in the league. But I don't see why Josh Rosen shouldn't be in there because at best, I mean, that's going to sell tickets. That's going to get people at least excited about the game because – Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what he is. You know, he isn't even doing the Fitz magic things that you brought him in here to do where he wears the chains. It's time to make a change. Give Josh Rosen this rest of the season. And then if, you know, if you think that he can be the guy, build everything else around him. Josh Rosen could have went three and out just like Ryan Fitzpatrick did all of Sunday. And then Josh Rosen comes in for two series and I see media reports saying he's a bust. <clears throat> That's ridiculous and for anyone to be calling josh rosen a bust at this point is just asinine and i don't want to go off on a rant about josh rosen because that'll be another rant but yes Houts, joshua joshua Houts, yes the dolphins are supposed to be tanking this year and they are supposed to be having a bad product on the field but for me the coaching staff looked completely lost on sunday and that's what concerns me right now but again, it doesn't fully concern me either because even if Steven Ross at the end of this year says that these are not the guys to lead his team, well, one, he looks dumb because he picked these guys to lead the team, right? 
Number two, he's stuck with four years of paying uh, Brian Flores on a contract. Three, he has to pay Chris Greer the rest of his contract. And then you're bringing in a new coach, a new GM together, most likely. And no one has any trust in you to get it right because you botched Philbin. You botched Harbaugh when you tried to chase him when Sperano was still here. You botched um, – who else did he botch? Adam Gase. When everyone in the room didn't want him, or almost everyone in the room did not want him, and you said that he was the guy, just like you said he Vilbin was the guy when Jeff Ireland wanted Mike McCoy, and I know Mike McCoy didn't work out in San Diego with the Chargers, but at least he showed more promise in Joe Philbin. You botched it when people told you not to go fly across the country to meet with Jim Harbaugh. And now... We don't know what the true feelings were on Brian Flores, but there was a ton of smoke around Chris Richard, and that smoke doesn't happen by accident. There was someone in that room who was leaking, or someone very close to the decision-making leaking, that Richard was one of the frontrunners for a reason. And there was a guy who was leaking the fact that Flores had a bad interview. Don't tell me that smoke came out of nowhere, because it was reported by... Three yards per carry. Shout out to them because they gave us a shout out. So shout out to them. It was reported by then. They were one of the first ones to report that Flores had a weak interview. I think it was later confirmed by others as well. I don't want to throw names out there because I'm not quite sure. And then the Miami Herald reported it as well. That Brian Flores didn't have the strongest interview. That Chris Richard was in the clubhouse. So for all we know, there could have been dissension on that as well. There could have been people who wanted Richard, and then the camp with Greer who wanted Flores. And if Flores does not work out in Miami, well, hey, let's play revisionist history because you know that story is going to come out for sure. And then you look at the landscape, right? Jim Harbaugh might be on the hot seat in Michigan if he gets canned after this season or if they decide to part ways. Guess who's probably coming to Miami next year, folks? Jim Harbaugh. Wouldn't that be something? This is a freaking mess. <laughs> uh, there has just been one game played, so maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We might be because Ju- the Ravens have absolutely the Ravens have absolutely owned <laughs> the Dolphins for how long? Back to back, dating back to Tony Sperano back in 2008 when the Dolphins made the playoffs with Chad Pennington, and we're all jacked up. The Dolphins are in the playoffs, and then Chad Pennington throws five interceptions against the team. They destroyed the Dolphins with Sperano. They destroyed the Dolphins with Philbin. They destroyed the Dolphins with Gase. I mean, they just have the Dolphins number, just like the Dolphins have the Chargers number, and just like the Dolphins have the Patriots number down in Hard Rock. But I pray, I hope, that the coaches got a good look at themselves this week and realize what they're doing, rotating players in and out and putting less lesser players and inferior players on the field over guys like Rashad Jones and Megan Fitzpatrick is dumb. I hope they learn that this week. You ain't smarter than everyone else, even though you might think you are. Okay, here's one. Talk me off the ledge, boys. I had a wine cooler before the show started. I'm ready to go. You're making me crazy, Seagrams. (laughs) Just Uh, just jump off the ledge. It's it's over. I don't know know why I'm so upset tonight or why I'm so riled up, but you guys got me in a mood, and now I'm just going to live it up. Um, I'm giving Brian Flores the benefit of the doubt. For a few more weeks, at least. It's not like I'm against him right now. I don't want anyone listening, all three of our listeners, to think, hey, mom, <laughs> hey, dad, hey, Sutton's mom, <laughs> hey, Sutton's dad. Um, <laughs> no, my dad's uh, asleep by now. 
<laughs> I don't want people to think that I'm against Brian Flores because I'm not. I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. But week one results, you're only as good as your last game, and you're only, and that's all he has on tape right now for Dolphins fans. That's what we're judging him on right now. Yeah. Silver lining, Mike Jusicki there ain't had no silver lining. snaps, and not one time do they have him in to pass block. Last Another silver. Year, Last year under Gase, 20%, they kept him in to pass block. This time, zero snaps. So at least we have one thing figured out. Oh. Another silver lining presence looks like he is glitch. He is the unit. He almost had that impressive touchdown in the end zone that got called back, and then he had his first career touchdown with the toe tap. I think this is a special player. He's going to be that number one. And, you know, you see Devontae Parker. After those guys starting to emerge. They didn't even get Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson involved as they could. Maybe, maybe they will be a little bit more competitive, especially this week against a team that, you know, always have their number at home. The weather might play a factor this weekend. There is a tropical storm developing and is heading towards the Florida Peninsula this weekend. Not going to be um, anything like a hurricane per se. But lots of rain, perhaps, um, for Sunday's game, which may either help or hurt the Dolphins, probably hurt the Dolphins. I'm not sure what can help the Dolphins right now, except if you fast forward <laughs> to the 2020 NFL draft. <laughs> oh, Matthew. No. You need a hug, buddy. You yeah, I hug. do. I don't know why I'm acting like this. Um, <laughs> maybe because the Dolphins beat reporters are getting all upset as well. They, need all, they, all, they all need to chill out and relax and stop crying about everything that's going wrong in their lives as far as covering the Dolphins go. Because I know, and I get it, I understand it. I understand where they're coming from. They're not getting information. It's hard for them to do their jobs. As someone who writes, as someone who runs a website with you guys and others and tries to put out news, it's hard. But I know that the fans are getting sick of it and the fans don't care how hard it is for them to get their info the casual fan, the, the regular fan who doesn't understand the journalism world. And so if that's their audience, I think they should respect their audience and just keep all that crying behind closed doors. Well, and then you just, it's like other professions, you kind of have to shift gear sometimes and you have to, you know, if you're not keen, then you have to start being a little bit more analytical with, with some of the, some of the stats that, um, and, and make, make articles that way so it's i think it's just about shifting gears and you know you get comfortable with a certain routine and you know this regime seems more tight-lipped and what they're willing to share with the media and as a result it's kind of shifting gears and how they approach creating content so uh hopefully they're able to figure that out let's hope son let's hope where do we go from here week one is in the books 15 more to go and God, we hope that it can't get any worse than week one. But how do you think it's going to? Uh, there's I, no I, way they give up 100 points this season in a game. I, if there's ever a game they're going to win this year, it's going to be this game. And that's, that's going to be the do crazy you know thing. How, do you know how hard it is to get 100 points, even in Madden, to get 100 points? I'm sure you start, you turn the game on and you put the controller down and you have it set up for two players. And you <laughs> the hell out of the computer. Yeah. <laughs> So it's possible. It is possible. It is possible. That's kind of what this game might be like. It, it could be get like that. But oh, man. I don't know. If, if there's ever a game that this is going to be their Super Bowl where they go out there and, you know, they that look like a legit win, coaching right? staff and all the players fall into place. 
Yeah. It would be against New England Patriots at home wearing the throwbacks. I do think the Dolphins will get better. I mean, you, you have to get better, right? I think it's going to take, though, until after the bye week for this offensive line to gel, for everyone to learn each other in terms of who works best where and what works best for each other. But until then, it's going to be a painful uh, another few weeks before that bye week. They have, again, the Patriots, they have the Cowboys, they have the Chargers, and they have their bye week, I believe. So it's going to be a painful three weeks, but it's it's going to be good for the long-term future of the Dolphins. Right? We've all well, me, embraced let, the tank. Well, Don't interrupt me. me. We've all embraced Jeez. we've all embraced the tank for so long and then people see it in action and they start freaking out. Relax people. The do- and trust the process. Go ahead, Sion. Yeah, let let me throw this out there. All but one rookie head coach lost yes. in the first game. Yes. And that's just to speak to the fact that it, it takes a while for new schemes together and especially when you couple that with the fact of how many players came and went in that last week before the season started especially talking about the offensive line is like brand new uh that's gonna take a while and what i mentioned on my show is it's it's probably gonna be after the bye that we see some semblance of flow on either side of the ball. So uh, like how it said, it might not, you know, it, it could get worse. I don't think it's going to get much worse than what we saw at the Ravens. I'm looking at maybe a, a 21 point deficit, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see Blitzkrieg that we saw last Sunday. Hopefully we're able to stymie them a little better than what we were able to. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing to me is just finding a way to, you know, go out there and not look worse because I just don't know how a team can go out there and get decimated by the Baltimore Ravens and then not come back and, you know, at least look a little bit better. But this is the Miami Dolphins. Like you said, they, they got a new offensive line in there. They got all these new pieces that came in right before the season started. That was planned. I mean, this is what they did. They made that trade. Uh, I just think that if the Dolphins are truly tanking, that we have to look at week one as a true success. And now you got to go into that new game against New England, and no matter how bad you want to get to it, you got to go out there and at least be competitive. Because if you don't go out there and at least show something, these players are really going to start having a revolt or a mutiny, like like some are reporting. Let's hope not. I don't know if I buy that. I honestly don't. I don't know if I buy that. I've played on losing teams before, and yeah, it sucks. Uh, but rarely did we take it out on each other. We would more focus our angst on I, I think it would be easier to focus your angst on some like douchey guy in your conference that uh scores 20 points per game but looks like a total prick you know what i mean so we wouldn't take it out on each other because we know at the end of the day you know i, I played d3 basketball so it's not like i'm sitting there jumping out of the gym and dunking it or anything like that so uh you know it's it, it can be it can be very difficult, but there are still a lot of things that you can learn along the way. And for these players, it's a chance to put still good tape down on film and be able to sell yourself to another team. If it really is your goal to get out of Miami, then put some good film down on tape. And then when we release you or whatever it is, then you're going to lean on your feet. 
But can't we agree that if this coaching staff, you know, if it truly was, you know, the deep middle of the field, the players were telling them, you know, we need to cover this. And they just Rashad Jones, the guy that should be back there, or Minka Fitzpatrick, they're on the sideline. They're doing nothing to try to counter that. At that point, I think, you know, it goes from being a competitive, uh, you know, a true professional. And then it goes to, you know what, these guys are truly not trying to win. They just traded away our elite left tackle. They traded away a guy like Kenny Stills, who, you know, whatever he did on tape. Uh, he still was a leader in that locker room. They traded away some veterans right before the season started. So I think these players got to be a little hesitant. And then if you see the coaching staff going out there and just not making progression throughout a game or trying to scheme to prevent what the players are seeing, I think at that point then, you know, maybe some of these things would start to boil up. But I think you're right. I mean, it's way too early to tell. I think the Dolphins, you know, I'm going to completely erase week one if they go out there and have a 20-17 to 17 loss to the New England Patriots because, you know, like you said, it takes some time for things to develop. It's early, guys. We just got to remember that. Yeah, we just we need to see some more evidence if we're going to sit here and say that there's intentional coaching sabotaging going on. Yeah, you're right. I've stepped off the ledge. It was Until a great next therapy week. session. It was a that great was. therapy session. That was. I think <laughs> it's going to be worse next week. It's I think be we're good. worse next week. Dude, imagine if the Dolphins Bronx, get blown out and blown Bronx, out and blown Bronx out and by silence. like week eight, we're just Gronk, like Gronk's trashing back, everybody. Gronk's coming back Sunday morning. Yeah, that can't happen, Howitz. You know that with the NFL <laughs> transaction rules. Come on. Yeah, if it's going to happen, you'll see. This show is either going to break a ton of records this season or we're going to have like two listeners by the time week sixteen, week 17 is over. Yeah, we'll see. We're already at three or four, so yeah, we're not so <laughs> we don't have a lot to lose. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I hate it, and I love it. You know, part of you understands the long-term plan here, right? We all understand the long-term plan, but boy, does it suck to have to sit here and sit through it and endure it and watch it. But what are you gonna do? That's the game, right? That's the game. Yeah. You just hope that they get the right person in place next year when they get their quarterback. Yeah, when the target's in the future, there's a lot more questions than there are answers. It's it's, it's gonna get bad, guys. <laughs> what do you think the worst loss is going to be this year? I think it's gonna be up in Foxborough. What, they score like 72? They might. They might. That was the worst loss in Dolphins franchise history in the regular season. Obviously, the Jaguars put up 62 in Marino's last year. 62-7. Okay. We but. haven't even mentioned the fact that Baltimore like ran multiple fake stuff or whatever when they were up, what, 28, 35 points. Do you think the league is like, Screw you, Dolphins. We know what you're doing, and we don't like it, so we're going to embarrass you. Did you feel that at all? I did. I think you may have been the only one who felt that like that. So I think it's possible. Looking at it, looking back on it, I, I hope that's what they were doing because. No, I mean, th- think about what the score was at that time. I, I know – I think one of the color commentators said, like, oh, well, uh, other teams have to prepare for this. Like, do you want other teams uh, preparing yeah. for that kind of right, stuff? You right, know yeah, I mean? you don't want to show that. So why do it at that point other than knowing, A, that it was going to work, and B, it was kind of like a 
extra middle finger, so to speak. I don't know. Yeah, he was just being a dick. Yeah. Hey, I got to edit that out now. <laughs> there, got there, him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> uh, do, do one, son. Yes, edit it out. Do one. <laughs> you two stop it, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. But he was. Yeah. He was being a jerk, and that was. He was. That, that was, was a very was. jerk move of him, and I don't know why he did it. It's not like we ever hurt him or something. But he. No. You know why he did it? Listen. Because they're Patriots coaches. That's why. Brian Flores, Chad O'Shea, Josh Boyer. There's the Patriots connection. He don't like the Patriots. He wants to shove it down their throats. All the mm. times the Patriots shoved it down their throats, he's getting back at them. I guess I could respect that. Yeah, you better respect it. We should have saw it coming. All right. Yeah, we're all sleeping, <laughs> sitting on the sofa, just drunk, staring at the TV with blank white eyes in disbelief <laughs> at what we're seeing on the field. How it's funny getting down to Miami. Yeah, how are you going to Miami this weekend? Tell us about it. Yeah, get to go down there and sit in the press box and watch the Dolphins nice. get annihilated by the New England Patriots. <laughs> and they're going to be winning throwbacks. But it's it cannot get awesome. much better than that. Yep, I'm excited. That locker room is going to be a fun place to be in after the game, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, I'm scared. Yeah, you should be scared. No, <laughs> no one's going to want to talk to you guys. No, shit. Oh, I got to edit that out, too. <laughs> All right. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Anything else, guys? I think we had a really good therapy session tonight, and I hope all of our listeners up. enjoyed it, too. Yeah, I like how we said we weren't going to talk about the Ravens game, and then that's yeah. basically all we talked about the yeah, whole show. Yeah, that's all we talked about. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It As was a the good world cleansing. turns, it was a good cleansing. You will not find a Dolphins podcast out there like Finsider Radio. I don't care what anyone else does with their, uh, you know, we have it locked on here uh, on the Dolphins Finsider Radio. Yeah, we drink Seagrams before the show starts. That's right. And, That's and right. hazy IPAs. Don't forget those. That's right. I yes. need an IPA. Not right now, but I need one this weekend. My wife's birthday is this weekend, and I got to buy her. Oh, God, I got to buy her a present. Tell her happy birthday. Her happy birthday, Chrissy. Show That's me trolling you on Twitter. That's why I cannot. Show me trolling you on Twitter. That's why I can't go to the Dolphins game this weekend. I was supposed to be going down, but then I forgot yeah. it was my wife's birthday. Until yeah, about a few weeks ago that I realized, oh, my God, it's my wife's birthday. I cannot possibly get on to Miami and not be in the doghouse for weeks and months. Nope, not for this team. No, especially not for this team. All right, let's wrap this up because I could sit here and talk all night about this. You're going to so, pass out soon. You're making house, me crazy. Yeah, <laughs> house is spins up. Sutton is saying, let's go. And I'm going to say, that's going to be a for us here on Finsider Radio. For Aaron Sutton and Joshua Houts, I am Matt Kanata. We'll be dropping another episode of Finsider Daily on Friday morning, and then the Dolphins take on the Patriots week two, 1.05 p.m. at Hard Rock Stadium versus the New England Patriots. We'll see how they respond, see if they can compete against the Patriots, and hey, who knows, maybe pull off a win. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes,
football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.